Blog Talk Radio. To the Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm Susan Larison Dans, and today is Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. And I welcome those of you listening live on Blog Talk Radio, where this program streams live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, or if you are listening, on one of the syndicates or on the Blog Talk Radio podcast, um, whether the syndicate be iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or more. Welcome. And I want to say that although today's subject is about early spring, I am aware that some of you are in other parts of the world where it is early fall, and the lessons today are just as applicable to the beauty of early fall. Today, we are called to contemplate the solace that nature can bring to us in a tumultuous world. Also, the contrast with a world that is often very difficult for us to understand when we choose to value the pathways to peace. I am going to be revisiting the poem, Lines Written in Early Spring, by William Wordsworth, because it has much to say about this topic. But before I do, I will tell you that this is not an abstract experience for me, that even this morning, I was out walking in nature and observing truly miraculous elements of early spring. No, we are not to the equinox yet, and it is still early spring. In fact, this is, yesterday was the beginning of meteorological spring. And it's so interesting and synchronistic that it's practically like nature knows the calendar. Wondrous things can happen when we go out in nature. 
And many times we can quiet our minds. But the interesting thing, and I feel Wordsworth has something to share in this respect as well, our minds are not always quiet when we're out in nature. And if we feel that we have things that we need to process, some of these things may um, feel very approachable and not really conflicting with our peace of mind. Other times, we are settling ourselves or we're processing something that very much can interfere with our peace of mind. Nature is there for us in any and all circumstances. My mind this morning was um, really somewhat creative, I'd have to say, as to thinking about potentials and upcoming opportunities that are coming up. And as I've noted in a few episodes before, um, I'm going to be speaking in April in the San Francisco area at the New Living Expo, and I have a few events where I will be speaking on one of those. Um, I I will be moderating a panel, and the topics are quite um, courageous, truthfully, and yet really important. And I'm stepping outside my initial comfort zone, although as the event approaches, I feel more and more comfortable with it. So as I was walking today, it was not um, in a state of disarray. Some days it is. Some days I'm really working with something. Nature is there for us in any and all circumstances, and we all are processing what is going on in the world right now. The tragedies unfolding um, and just the conflicting motivations that we see out there and how we don't um, value taking what can be the more challenging road, but the important one in finding pathways to peace. It's the only way forward, which is the irony of it all. Because um, otherwise we would just continue indefinitely in any number of conflicts until they get worse and worse and worse and we crash right into a wall. Even if that wall wasn't there, it is insanity, utter insanity, to continue with repeating these cycles where we don't think about the consequences, longer term or shorter term. We don't think. And there are too many dark, dark motivations involved. There can be well-meaning motivations, and yet the hard work needs to be done. It must be done. If you don't do it now, you're going to just delay it to the future because sooner or later, the challenging work needs to be done where we reach a greater maturity within humanity itself and we find those pathways to peace. 
And what William Wordsworth has to say in the poem, Lines Written in Early Spring, is very relevant. William Wordsworth lived between 1770 and 1850. Make sure I've got that right, reading my note from a little while ago. This isn't the first time. Yes, 1770 to 1850. And as I like to do, I'm reading from an actual book. I hope you have some actual books in your hands. Lines written in early spring. I think I'm going to read it all the way through, then we'll go back and talk about it. I heard a thousand blended notes while in a grove I sate reclined. In that sweet mood when pleasant thoughts bring sad thoughts to the mind. To her fair works did nature link the human soul that through me ran, and much it grieved my heart to think what man has made of man. Through primrose tufts in that green bower, the periwinkle trailed its wreaths, and tis my faith that Every flower enjoys the air it it breathes. The birds around me hopped and played. Their thoughts I cannot measure. But the least motion which they made, it seemed a thrill of pleasure. The budding twigs spread out their fan. To catch the breezy air. And I must think, do all I can, that there was pleasure there. If this belief from heaven be sent, if such be nature's holy plan, have I not reason to lament what man has made of man? When I first set up this show, I somewhat oversimplified the discussion of nature within this poem. Yes, nature brings to us many gifts, but in this poem, there is also, in fact, primarily a contrast. There is a contrast that he is talking about. And let me tell you, my interpretation here is, as always, coming from the heart. I'm not reading some interpretation from a text. I'm just forming a relationship with these words out of my own heart, out of my own being, out of my own experience. This isn't a class in English. You may be much more um, acquainted with various interpretations of this poem, and that's okay. That's your path. I could study various interpretations. But here, this is a a spontaneous reading, even though I've read it before. 
How is this poem speaking to us in this moment? How does it speak to you? In fact, I don't want to impose my interpretation over yours. That, too, raises something important. You know, one of the the most significant barriers that we face is this tendency we have that every one of us needs to have some agreed-upon interpretation of everything well beyond any kind of text. And yet, it is in the variations of who we are. Every one of us has a unique experience on this planet. Our lives are unique creations. In fact, I would say that it's very clear that we are here to be unique even as we are inseparable from the omnipresent divine, we are special creations. You are special. Your challenges, your joys, your triumphs. This is why you are here, to live your own unfolding story within which you have free choice. There is no um, um, omnipresent authority dictating to you who you are going to be. There may be um, nuances of, you know, is there a greater plan? Well, there, there, you can see that there's a greater plan and still have choice. There can seem to be a bit of a paradox in that, but you are not a puppet on a string. And if we could interpret more world events and our relationship with truly empathic, conscious leadership and how we go about leadership in our world, from the smallest um, the smallest situation to the greatest. How we negotiate through our differences, how we attempt to understand differences, and how we help by doing so because we are having dialogues of understanding or we're studying at least different ways of understanding the world that helps us to find those pathways to peace, even within the realm of being very different and having different points of view. We can still assert what we very strongly believe in many, many times on this program and in many of my writings and when I used to write on the Oprah Forum. Um, or when I've spoken in different ways on different, maybe higher visibility radio shows than this one, I have stood up 
for the omnipresent love of the divine, the unfailing love of the divine, because I know how important that is. And an area in which we fail so often is by attributing um, attributing lack of of personal responsibility within the human realm to other people. Now we can see how events in a person's life could really adversely affect the choices that they make, but that's different than basically saying that some other person is a puppet on the string um, that's being, um, all of their actions are being dictated from some supernaturally dark force. And I hear that more, and it's very, very alarming because that dehumanizes other people, and it allows, it gives people an out when they are able. In fact, the darkest things have happened, and it happens in all different ways too. It's not just in one realm of thought. It happens symbolically too. When you dehumanize another person, that then opens the door to really horrible ways of treating them. What man has made of man, as Wordsworth says, what man has made of man. There is a lot to be read in those words alone. When we make assumptions about somebody that doesn't excuse, you know, dark behavior going on, but we can make assumptions that make matters even worse, that make it even more difficult to resolve the problem. I am a very strong believer and have for many years been a believer, for example, in restorative justice, rehabilitative justice, not punitive justice. Punitive behavior is more about um, someone has to pay than in actually trying to address how to fix things in society, how to restore things to a better place. And as satisfying as that may be when there has been something that is very visceral and challenging, and we can certainly see several situations in the world right now as well in a societal level, it's, it may seem satisfying at a more visceral level, but it is not the spiritual path. The spiritual path is attempting to understand. There can be situations where people are, for one reason or another, physically or mentally, not um, able to function normally. And we need to have more compassion and empathy for people. 
what man has made of man. That can also mean just what we've done with ourselves through the centuries, what we've done, that we haven't pursued real maturity, that we've just allowed these endless repeating cycles to recur and recur and recur without seeming to learn anything. And now the toys that we are playing with, the various weapons that we've developed are so horrible and formidable, we not only threaten ourselves, but nature itself. The sad thing about this poem is that because we are not mindful of being needing to be in balance with our environment, with valuing our environment and the living creatures around us, and the because we haven't cared about that, and we've just been selfish and mindless and really akin to locusts, would be a good example that we haven't learned what our proper relationship is with the world there are those and I've heard them talk so many times they believe that the earth is at their disposal that they and literally at their disposal they can dispose of whatever they want they can destroy whatever they want you know and I a r- ironic thing about um, all the things that are going on in the world right now. Do you ever think about how all these conflicts, I mean, what are they doing in the environment? How come we don't talk more about that? You know, we're very concerned about the smaller things and yet the bigger things. How are they impacting our environment? How are they poisoning the environment and the worst possible ideas like nuclear war, what that would do. And to, you know, it's so difficult for people who grew up in my generation and before to comprehend. And I think it's because people have been distanced from the horror of it that you cannot even contemplate nuclear war. That is not something that is a path that should ever be pursued or condoned. The same is true of many other horrendous things, you know, the other things that have been developed. We are on a very ignorant, fearful path. And Wordsworth was lamenting that. And it's gotten much worse, you know, if you could see what it's like now, um, this poem would be even more relevant. Each of us, each of us, one at a time, can make a choice, can make a choice to take a higher path, to make a choice to really look at what is truth and what is manipulating truth. Because that's not truth. (laughs) To really try to get at what's 
actually happening here? How did this come to be? Because by knowing that, that's how you find the pathways to peace. And by claiming a path that is in alignment with a greater degree of spiritual maturity, yes, where we value empathy and understanding and we work with our fears, it's vitally important right now. There are many disconnects in the world, like the one I said, like, you know, we care so much about the small things impacting our environment and our day-to-day life, and yet the most blatant thing is right in front of our faces, all these weapons of war. What do you think they're doing to the world? And, you know, every day there are things of cultural significance that are destroyed. That too. And precious lives are lost. And those lives have value. Those lives have value. And we hear the same story over and over again. I happen to hear, this is just so mystifying. It's really interesting. This is a different, somewhat different topic. But the lack of empathy being shown by those who should have it regarding how current economic conditions are impacting a very large number of people. Because um, there's this story that is um, needing to be imposed to make it sound better. There is a lack of empathy going on for what's actually happening in the real world. And certainly in the United States right now, it's really obvious. Now, if you're just someone who can just throw a grocery bill all the time on your credit card, and so if it doubles, big deal, and it has doubled in a lot of cases. Or, you know, you can just go out to restaurants really easy and, you know, oh, gosh, you know, that's a little, that's gone up, I think, you know, but whatever, I'm going to go charge it, you know, and you got the money to pay because a lot of people are charging things and they don't actually have the money when they need to pay that. And a lot of people are charging necessities because they have no other way. And believe me, I understand that path. I'm not um, in that situation now, but I I have known that. Now I live very simply. But when you need to feed your family and you need to pay the electric bill or whatever, yeah, yeah, that's when a lot of people are using credit. And... Anyone not showing empathy or understanding about what's actually going on, they're certainly not helping themselves at all if they're trying to convey a compelling and moving message. And the same is true for being in denial about these conflicts in the world and how we have to, we have an obligation to continually, no matter how many years it takes, no matter how much effort it takes, to look for the pathways to peace and to head things off at the beginning so that they don't get so bad that it feels like there's no choice 
There's always a choice. There is always a path. And it's only materialists who are strict materialistic fundamentalists who can't see it. Because when we are on the spiritual path and we know that the omnipresent divine is real and we know that the omnipresent divine is love, we can find our path. We don't live in a strictly materialistic world. We live in a miraculous world. And there is a way forward because we forget. We rapidly forget. And then we we pretend when we forget that we're living in a strictly material world and that we don't have the abilities and options available to us that are in a spiritual love-based world. It doesn't mean there aren't challenging things to be done to try to work our way towards a path in balance with one another and with nature. The live show is going to end quickly. I want to make a point in the live show that on the page today, there is a special from Gaia. I had talked about it last week. If you're listening in the future, it may no longer be that exact special because it's only there for a certain amount of time. But there's a free event coming up from Gaia. You have the opportunity to view it for free if you click on this link. And it will also help support this program. I am not a part of the free event. I'm simply supporting the way showers who are, and I'm in partnership with Gaia to bring this to you. So I want you to know that. Plus, FrontierBeyondFear.com is where you can learn about this show and the upcoming expo in April. So thank you, live audience. I'm happy you've been here today. I won't go too much longer in the podcast portion of this show. I see that I really don't need to go line by line through this poem because I would like you to work with it yourself. I would like you to find this poem, and that's fine if it's online. Go ahead. Um, But it'd be great if you had a book in your hands, too. Um, You know, someday we put too much reliance on everything being online. In fact, I have concerns about that, even with some of my writing. Now this show is about to be, maybe it is already, I haven't checked, but soon it will be transcripted on Apple Podcasts, which will result in just, you know, hundreds and I don't even know how many pages, probably in the easily in the thousands of pages, all the episodes of this show. And it's all tied up in non-physical archives, which that has multiple issues involved with it. Number one, if all of our history is in some place where it can be easily manipulated or even different interpretations of history. So we can look back and say this is how history was interpreted then, um, but now we're interpreting this event this way, which often happens. History is understanding history is something that requires depth and great discussion. In fact, everything involves discussion and critical thinking two things that are not valued as much 
everything in our world. You can bring your spiritual experience to that discussion, yes. So one of my concerns, and I had a friend who was a librarian who was just really, really concerned about this too. In fact, she might even be listening to this show. I don't know. But um, she had often voiced a concern about things falling out of physical um, archives and being all electronic. Because if we did have like a Carrington event, a major solar flare, and these things were not protected, they weren't in any hard copy form, and certainly I can guarantee many of, you know, many of my personal writings and things, they're not in any kind of physical form, and I have no, they're so voluminous, I couldn't print them if I tried. So I just have to trust, and I guess some things, if this ever happened, it just goes, it's, there are some things that are just meant to go out into the universe, and they're there as long as they are there. And that could be the case with some of these things. But we do need to continue to value physical records of everything, of our literature, of our history. Because the other danger that can happen is when there are those who do not value truth, and there will always be, well, maybe not always, if we reach a a place of true spiritual maturity, but certainly there are people who do not care about truth. They want to impose their own truth, and and they want to impose an intentional falsehood. This is not just a different interpretation of truth, but it's great to talk about different interpretations of things. In fact, that should be fuel for discussion. But when someone is intentionally trying to falsely impose um, false information onto history or onto current events or onto anything else intentionally, then that is not a light-filled path, clearly. And it's helpful to have original resources It is my every hope that we will find a way to greater maturity as a species, but we are not going to do it endlessly repeating dark and unproductive cycles. At some point, we have to decide we've learned enough from from that cycle that we've repeated over and over and over and over and over and that it's getting even more dangerous now because we have much... um, more dangerous tools available to us. And so if we don't grow up, if we don't find our path to maturity, short of a miracle, which can indeed happen, some kind of intervention, who knows, we will not find our way forward. The same is true for physical events that could occur. And there are any number of things in the physical world that can be hazardous and out that come from outside the earth and from the earth, independent of anything that we do. I have said many times that um, a certain level of spiritual maturity on a planet would actually shield that planet because you would develop the ability to shield your planet. 
like a love-based version, because this is not a love-based book, of Childhood's End. That is possible when we reach a higher level of spiritual development. And it is those species which truly thrive. Now, I don't really like that book. Let's be clear. I don't want to give you the end of the story. I haven't read it in a while. I so dislike it because there's so little love at the end, and it's not really, that's not advancement when you don't have love in your heart. But living in balance with one another and your planet is the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. And we do not even value it as a goal far too often. So I am going to close out the show now. Um, Thank you for being here. If you're listening close to the time of the actual air date of this show, um, I will be. In the San Francisco area, area, it's getting closer, um, April 19th through 21st, 2024, <laughs> depending on when you're listening. You may be listening to this show after seeing me um, at that event in April, and welcome. I hope that you discover some really helpful things in the archive. And FrontierBeyondFear.com is your resource to find out more about this program, including the Gaia special that I mentioned earlier. The show page has that link directly. In fact, I haven't even put it yet on FrontierBeyondFear.com as I'm airing the show, but it'll be on soon after. I'm working on that. But it's certainly on the show page. So thank you to Blog Talk Radio for featuring this show while live in the top slot. Once again, today, that is always appreciated. So I should be here next week if you're listening close to the actual time, or there will be another show in the archive coming up if you're listening in the future. I can't help but think about time when I talk about those of you listening in the future, because as all of you are to this particular part of the show, because I understand that there is no separation between us. In time or in space, we are present together in this place. And I appreciate your being here. So I will see you next week. Um, I should have a show. Again, this show airs live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. Take care, everyone.